You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. Walker Mail, Nada Edwards joining you today. It's Fire Friday, so Nada's in the house. Yes. No Doug in the house. He's got some things he's got to take care of. As he kind of mentioned yesterday, but he was going to come on today. It's just he ran into some trouble because Hugo ran into some trouble. Yeah, once Hugo, again. Hugo was eating donuts because, again, it's National <laughs> Donut Day. It is National Donut Day, and he just wanted it on the fun. Exactly. Hugo can be hell, man. It's funny to hear some of the stories that Doug will tell about that dog. Like, like Hugo has been a coworker of mine for the last two days. <laughs> I loved again. I I somewhat love dogs. I'm ready to see Hugo go home. Why? What's he doing? Like, no, you gotta love Hugo. No, Hugo just jumping on everybody, man. <laughs> like, like again, you got home training, Hugo. Use it. Use it. Yeah. So Hugo ate. Uh, he's fine. Everything's cool. Yeah. Exactly. Got taken to the vet. Everything's good. So nobody needs to worry before we do anything. But yeah, he ate a chocolate donut today. <laughs> exactly. To the before vet. everybody else did, because <laughs> here Doug goes and gets uh, donuts for the workplace. And um, I'm sorry, Walker, they're gone now. I apologize. Yeah, that always sucks, but go ahead. I'm always getting slim pickings. Oh, oh, stop it. How dare you? That's how it is for me. Thanks again for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We are a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can get Lockdown Hornets on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. And when you get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked on Hornets. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Book your next trip with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. So we'll talk about some prospects working out with the Charlotte Hornets. A few big names to get into today, as well as get Nada's thoughts on some of the comments from Kimball Walker in The Athletic. We have not had a chance to talk to him in depth about that, so we'll make sure that we ask him and get his well, thoughts. Technically, you've heard it off wax. Well, I have heard it off wax. I have heard it off wax. We're going to get it on wax. We're going to make sure that everybody else hears what you have to say and make sure that we get it through the mic. But all that coming up here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. So let's start, I guess, with the athletic piece, Nada. It's what we've yeah. been talking about a lot this week we discuss a little bit um about our stance a little bit more in depth just in case it wasn't in detail to some people i know hornet sports spot we went through that he tweeted at us and asked about us going into detail about it a little bit more so we did and now it's it's a constant thing right i mean yeah, as it exactly. should be as it should be you know this is a this is a big conversation this is a big fork in the road which road are you going to take kind of move for the charlotte hornets because this is a team i it's small market team yes that has a huge star on its hands we know about how tough it is to keep some of these huge stars within these small market teams but also sometimes it just might be better to let them go and that's what i and doug and now you are starting to believe here as we yeah. start to get rolling into 2019 season it's not boring because we've had this entire discussion pretty much all off season we'll continue to do it for really i guess the next three weeks until free agency hits but not just overall your thoughts on what is the biggest discussion surrounding the charlotte hornets right now first things first i do want to point out that there are going to be folks that say, hey, Nada, you're the same guy that wrote a piece in November saying the only way to rebuild is through Kemba Walker. Flippity flip. Yeah, very much a flippity flip. And granted, it did. this wasn't an easy decision for me. But when I read those comments, 
And this is where Doug took some hell when he said everything about, I'm not sure Kemba wants to win. And to be quite honest, I'm not that far off from Doug where everything I've heard, and me and you have had, again, discussions off wax, and I'm bringing them to the forefront right now. Everything I've heard, everyone I've talked to around that franchise has been telling me Kemba's been gone. He, and he said he was gone for a while. So when I read those comments about winning's not guaranteed anywhere, when I hear comments like, I'm not sure, again, the fifth year is important. All the financial stuff starting to come to the forefront. When I hear all that, that runs concur- that just runs counter to everything I've known about Kemba Walker. So I'm not in the same boat as you and Doug are with some of those comments. I understand what you guys are saying. I am not one of those people who think that because you want to take the $80 million or because maybe monetarily it's going to be advantageous for you to stay here with the Charlotte Hornets and you want to take advantage of that. Yes. I, I don't I don't have a problem with that. I'm not saying you guys have a problem with it. It just I'm I'm not going to draw the conclusion based on his comments that maybe winning a championship isn't as important. I guess I, I guess he would rather get the money than go to a team and get an easy championship. I just find value. I can see value. I can see why somebody would want to stay with a one team for their entire career and hope. Right? I look I understand there's not a whole lot of evidence. It's the reason why I would let him go if I'm the Charlotte Hornets. But I could understand from Kemba's standpoint, I would hope that the organization would make a couple of moves to where I could have it all being staying here, being the guy that stayed with this franchise, hopefully trying to put some talent around me and getting my money. I don't have any problem with him trying to go for the trifecta and checking off all of those boxes, even if it is far-fetched a little bit to believe that that is going to happen. It's not based in reality for me. And granted, athletes' belief in themselves is not needed to be rooted, is not needed to be rooted in reality, pretty much. And I understand that. But I guess where I'm at with this is you can't have it both ways. Like, you're not guaranteed to win anywhere else. True. You're not guaranteed to win here either. I, I admit that was kind of a weird, like, okay. That's, that's a weird line, and it sounds like a justification to take the extra 50, 60, 70, 80 million dollars. But the other thing that bugs me about this is Kemba's probably got this fantasy in his head oh, I signed the max, or I signed the near max, or even if I sign five for 200, I'm going to become, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be seen as the conquering hero, greatest Hornet that ever lived. Great. That's going to work for maybe the first year. Second year. Third year? Maybe not so much, especially if you have a couple 37, 38 win seasons. This town is fickle. I remember when Nick Batum was beloved in this town. <laughs> this town is kind of, you know what's funny is, uh, on the wake up call, we were talking about Cam Newton today, and we were, you know, we were doing the Cam Newton quarterback rankings. Yeah, talking about where he ranks. It is hilarious, just how either how how much of of one side of the fence a lot of these fans are on either one, and that's not with Kemba. Like I look, I, I don't think Kemba Kemba's never going to not be beloved in this city. I, I don't. I think, think there's going to be a corner and a portion of people that believe that he's that's always going to love him no matter what. Well, it shouldn't be towards him if there's any hatred it should be it, you should have problems with the franchise if Kemba decides to take this money there shouldn't be any towards of ill will towards him and I hope the fans would realize that I understand asking fans to be logical a lot of times I was about to say you know better than that <laughs> you're right I do but you get my point it would be wrong 
to have any ill will towards Kimba if he's the one that accepts this money. Just like it's wrong for Nick Batum to get mad at him for getting paid. You can get mad at him for not being aggressive. You can get mad at him for that. You can't get mad at him for making $24 million. You can demand that he play better. And That's to, fine. But you can't you can't get mad at him for accepting the deal that the Charlotte Hornets offered him. And they had no choice. They legitimately had no choice. You traded a lottery pick for him. If you did not retain him under any circumstances, that's a failure no matter what. And we're lambasting them. Now, granted, that contract has come back to go bad. And if Kemba still doesn't get any help and he wins 37, 38 games, there's going to be fan attrition there too. Like there's no – this is the thing with the keep Kemba crowd that I, I get, but at the same time I don't understand. There is no easy way out of this. And the, and the problem with the Kemba contract is – that there's a ticking time bomb known as Kemba's knees. Because, again, remember, he's had three arthroscopic knee surgeries in his career already before 30. You think that's gonna that number is going to increase or decrease? Yeah. No, it, it's something that we haven't talked about a lot. You know, it is a good point to bring up. Now, it hasn't been in a while, and I, I think you know, him being able to accumulate a few all-star bids in a row, but it is something you haven't brought up in a while, and you wonder just as he gets older, you know, one problem with the knee now, does it become a big enough problem to where, man, that contract looks awfully bad? I, I'll give you guys a name. I'll give you a name. Terrell Brandon. You remember how good he was? I love Terrell Brandon. Terrell Brandon was an all-everything point guard, similar in stature to Kemba Walker. What happened to him? Knee injuries, never was the same, bloated contract, and moved out. Are those Cav jerseys? I, I think one of the most underrated jerseys in the NBA is the black and blue Cavs oh, no, jerseys. Those are fantastic. Now, I love the color scheme, even the orange and blue, but yeah. those aren't underrated. People love those. The underrated jerseys in the NBA, one of the most ones are the black, blue, and orange tint in those jerseys. That's one of the most underrated oh, ones. Oh, yeah, late 90s Cavs jerseys? Yeah. Like Sean Kemp lockout jerseys? Yeah. <laughs> Cavs <laughs> That's right. jerseys? That's right. Those are dope. That's right. Those are dope. I would get a Terrell Brandon one of those right now. As Thank you should. Thanks again for joining us on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring Locked On. If you're looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NBA, to get 20% off. We'll take a quick break. We do have some prospects to get to that are working out with the Charlotte Hornets today and a few big names, a lot of ones that a lot of people might be interested in. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. And just that I showed any kind of vulnerability, well, you, yeah, you I just, think not is just going to jump You are the over. gazelle limping <laughs> through the African <laughs> safari. I'm in the mud. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm in some sticky yeah, mud. You are the hippo stuck in the mud. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm about to just get destroyed by Nas. Or by Nas. <laughs> by Nas. By Nas. <laughs> He's going to come out with me a rap battle. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Hornets hosting six players tomorrow for a pre-draft workout. It's a party. Yeah, quite a bit. And I, I mentioned a few of the names being names that a lot of people might recognize. So, I wonder who everyone's going to show up for. <laughs> so the names that are going to work out for the Hornets, it's going to be Kelton Johnson out of Kentucky. Big name. Intriguing. First round pick. Luke May, 
Everybody, of course, knows Luke May. Oh, you mean North the Carolina. guy that every, every weekend sports anchor is going to go talk to because they want an easy 15-second filler story just to get through the weekend. And I don't blame them. Josh Perkins out of Gonzaga, who is a name you might recognize because he was on a really good team, backcourt guy there for quite a while. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., which is the name we'll be talking about. We have I, talked about quite a bit. Number one on my board. Yep, and then you have Josh Sharm out of Stanford and Lindell Wigington out of Iowa State. The the first, there are three names there that I do want to talk about. And, yeah. and Kevin Porter will start off with, even before Luke May, even though I know you want to talk about Luke May so much. Uh, Kevin Porter's the guy. Look, we talked with Reed Forgrave today. Yeah, what did he say? Because I, I missed that one. Yeah, he, he said... I asked him how he would fit with the Charlotte Hornets more so than anything. And he said, look, if you're looking for a guy that's not going to be second to Kimba, but be a star, which I thought that was interesting to lead off with. He said, if you want a star, if you want somebody that has the highest potential that's going to be somewhat available at 12, that has a chance to be available at 12, then Kevin Porter Jr. is one of a few guys that fits that bill, that has a really high ceiling. He's one of the few guys outside of the top three. So he basically, after he said that, he would go on to say, so basically the top three, Zion, Mm -hmm. John Morant, Mm -hmm. and R.J. Barrett. He also mentioned Darius Garland as having a high ceiling, which I can see as well. I like Darius Garland. And Garland, Garland's one of those guys that you don't know if he's actually staying in the top 10 or he may be available at, at 12. I don't think Garland's going to be – I feel like Garland's going to be top five, top six at least. I don't know. That, that injury, that injury, and that's a whole other discussion – Let's talk about my love of Kevin Porter. Okay, we can do that. We can do that. We can get on Kevin Porter Jr. But that was it. He he said those four guys and then Kevin Porter Jr., you know, you're looking at guys that you feel the most comfortable having a real high ceiling, being a a big star. Those are a few of the guys that you could see and maybe a bowl bowl you could throw in there, but just being the high risk, high reward type guy. But Kevin Porter Jr., working out with the Charlotte Hornets, man. Like, we both like him. Doug likes him. I mean, he likes Jackson Hayes a little bit more with the fit for the Charlotte Hornets even better. But he does like Kevin Porter Jr. I think you start to see on Twitter, a lot of people are kind of falling on that bandwagon as well. And he's going to be working out with the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow, so we'll see exactly how he does uh, in the eyes of Mitch Kupchak. I guess the question I have, the only thing I wonder, because this should be the guy, is is he going to work out, work himself into a spot where he's no longer available at 12 because this is the guy that I think the Hornets should be targeting. Like two guard, again, great two guard. We are losing potentially three guys. Again, Lamb's gone. You need another guy. You need another two guard in there. Dwayne Bacon probably fits more at the three. And as much as people want in, in that building in the Spectrum Center want Miles to be a three, he's really a, a small ball four. I, I think, you know, what I think he's a three or a four, but. I'm with you, like on Kevin Porter Jr. I'm interested, and I asked Doug this, and we didn't really focus in on it. I'm just interested in what that means for Malik Monk. You know, I'm a guy that doesn't want to give up completely on Malik, but I also know that when you have Kevin Porter Jr. there, I really like his game. I certainly would not pass up drafting him because I'm worried about Malik Monk. That's far from it. I just am interested in how they would handle both of these guys because you draft Kevin Porter Jr., First round pick, 12th overall selection, very similar to Malik, who was your 11th overall selection. True. As far as the kind of standard they come in here with the expectations, you know, not the same body type, not the same play style, but similar in those regards of your expectations. 
know, I just wonder, does the competition help Malik? Does Kevin Porter Jr., can they coexist with one coming off the bench, one starting? You know, is there any way that they play together? Because Kevin Porter Jr. is about, I think, 6'5", six, 6'5 five, six, five and a half. I think 6'4 and a half maybe without shoes. I think I saw at the combine. Explosive. Uh, a 6'9 wingspan, which is good for that yeah. size. You know, I wonder if just, just the overall fit with Malik Monk and exactly what you would do. Do you have your kind of do you have your confidence start to slow down in Malik I don't know I'm just that's the kind of thoughts I'm throwing out you know what again I was I rem, I'm reminded of a story Rick Bennell told I, I believe it was Brett Jensen a few years like a long time ago this was like Kemba's second or third year and why they brought in a guy like Ramon Sessions they brought a guy like that in to not only to be good but just good enough to push Kemba and lo and behold we got the Kemba that we got now I'm here for anything that pushes that two guard that elevates the two guard spot. So if Malik comes in, shows out, becomes this great two guard that we all expect him to be, great. If Malik f- turns out to be a great six man, Lou Williams like, and Kevin Porter ends up being again set all NBA uh, all NBA rookie second team this year, then you have gotten yourself a great draft pick, and and now you have something to build around. Now you have a Kevin Porter Jr. You have a Miles Bridges, a Dwayne Bacon, Devontae Graham. The, I think this guy's the perfect fit. I don't think we need another center here. Kevin Porter's crossover, his step back, is absolutely freaking disgusting. His scoring ability is exactly what they need. That's why I don't understand why this guy's number one. Now, the, the main concerns that you've heard about him more maturity. so is the maturity. And you hear about the suspension. A lot of people mm-hmm. raise an eyebrow at that. And you hear about the guys that he hangs out with, apparently. Reed Forgrave brought that up today about does he surround himself with the right people. You know, you do have some problems with that. Now, it's it's guys that are, okay, you take that risk because you hope it all works out. And fine, that would be something to maybe, you know, it, it's certainly a knock on him. No, it is a knock. But I would also say if that's going to stop the Charlotte Hornets, who are probably losing their franchise player this, this offseason – you have a whole lot more money to spend on security. You have a whole bunch more money to watch this kid, to, to <laughs> monitor this kid, to guide him in the best way. We always talk about player development being a big thing in this town. So if you're going to worry about player development and worry about the guy that and who he surrounds himself with, then you might as well put him in the best possible spot and there's no better spot for him than charlotte right now more importantly i would add malik monk was a choir boy and then we hear about all the immaturity stuff with him too so i don't like i'm not sure character concerns are something that i care about all that much it's not enough for me not to draft exactly that and that's the most important thing and i'll tell you this look doug is rolling his eyes right now talking about locker room and how important it is but i'll tell you this it's moments like this where you appreciate it where yeah. you can have a good locker room and take somebody that might have the maturity issues and feel comfortable. You know, because Nick Batum, look, you might have a problem with some of the things that he's done, maybe with some of the comments that are low-key, like I was, I had trouble try, trying yes. to adapt to Jeremy Lamb and maybe not giving it 100% effort. But Nick Batum is not a bad character guy. I don't think no, anybody exactly. would say that. Kimba's certainly not. Kimba is a phenomenal character guy. Jeremy Lamb goes in there and does his business. We've always praised him for learning how to be a pro. Another guy with 
quote-unquote maturity issues. Marvin Williams is a guy that wins the damn media award every single year, could win it every single year. It's that kind of locker room that would be able to make me feel comfortable bringing on a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. if the maturity issues are that bad. And exactly. I I would say this is where Marvin, if Kevin Porter Jr. is your issue and the maturity maturity issues are your problem, this is what you pay Marvin Williams for. This is exactly what you pay him for. Well, this is this is why you bring guys like a Vince Carter on your team because because they're not awful. Nope. You know, Mar- Marvin is somebody that can play defense. Yep. He can shoot threes. He can be solid for you, and he's a good dude to talk to the young guys. It's why Vince Carter is still in the league because he can hit threes. You know, he's still doing reverse dunks in business casual. Oh, outfits. I saw that. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. He's still doing that. And he can help your young guys. I mean, you know how much those Atlanta Hawks, like I remember John Collins and Trey Young going on the jump and just talking about how much they love Vince Carter. Exactly. And that's why if you're going to rebuild and on small aside, I want Vince in Charlotte for his last year. I Well, selfishly, that those were the first posters I had in my room. Yeah. It was Vince Carter, the dunk contest. It's over. Mm-hmm. The, the, it was those posters that I had in my room that I hung up first and foremost. And I would absolutely selfishly want Vince Carter Back on I, I, Charlotte, I mean, not Walker, back, just here in Charlotte. Walker, just yes. think about it like this. Vince Carter mm-hmm. teaching the heir apparent Miles Bridges. No, uh, yeah, I mean, give like, it to me like, right doesn't now. That sound, doesn't that sound awesome? It, give it to me right now. I want it badly. Vince, just come to Charlotte. I would love you for it. Remember to get the show every day. Subscribe to Lockdown Hornets on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlist and theme collections of shows to help with podcast discovery. You can find everything from comedy to mystery, thrillers, and sports. Download Himalaya free at your app store and subscribe to Lockdown Hornets. We'll talk a little bit more about a couple of other prospects and update you on the Locked On NBA mock draft. It's all here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Nature's first green is gold. Her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. Hmm. Then leaf subsides to leaf. So Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down to day. Nothing gold can stay. We need the boys to mend with that now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. Mentioning some of the other guys that did or are going to work out for the Hornets tomorrow. There's really nothing to say legitimately about Luke May, right? I mean, just not for the Hornets, you know, uh, unless like, you're doing undrafted stuff for Summer League, uh, unless you're doing – you're not even going to select him at 52. Like, literally, you're doing this just for the jokes, for the engagement. <laughs> and, I again, here's he did, the th- – Who did he work out with? He worked out with another team before, though. Yeah, he, he worked out with another team, but you're doing this for, like you said, for Greensboro, but it doesn't stop everybody with their lame-ass jokes talking about, oh, they're going to draft him at 12. Yes, you. You are so original. It You couldn't come up with a guy, any other kind of joke. You were that guy. Congratulations. We also have Keldon Johnson from Kentucky working out. Now, this one is a little bit intriguing. It is. I don't think you're taking him at 12. That would be high for Keldon Johnson. But this is somebody that had uh, a lot of praise coming out of high school going to play in the NCAA. Uh, his shot needs some work. Um, the dude is strong. He's a strong guard. Uh, he's he's got a good motor. 
but also you just have to wonder about his ability to consistently hit shots at the next level, even though he can get to the paint. You wonder at the next level, is that going to be something that he's going to be able to do as efficiently and just constantly rely on that? So I stronger think, Malik Monk is what you're telling me. Well, I, I think he's, you know, he's still streaky. I mean, he did shoot 38% from three, 70% on free throws. That That's good. Uh, I think when you look at Mike, Sh- uh, Mike Schmidt's article about him, it's that he doesn't have the quickest release in the world. You know, I just it, Ooh, watch, watching. That scares me. Well, I mean, just watching Keldon Johnson to me, I think that it would be a guy that would be interesting enough to maybe you know not at twelve, not, not at twelve. No, no, no. I'm not taking him at twelve, but that's just somebody that you know, he's not going to last to thirty two. It's Agreed. just one of those things about trading, right? Yeah, maybe. trading back because again, Mister Trade back himself, right. and then again, we get the wool pulled under us by the Nets. You know that. You were a fan of trading back to get those picks. You were not happy that we got Bull Bull with that. Oh, pick. I am absolutely not happy. I'm that's why I'm kind of glad that Doug isn't here because I would have just drop kicked him in the knee just just because I just got angry again because that again y'all gonna take that piece of garbage like really He's now you make garbage me, yeah not garbage or should I say it in my New York accent garbage. I'm going to update you on the NBA mock draft Please. to let you know. Because I'm because I'm, I'm still annoyed. Bowl, Highly. We selected Bowl Bowl. And I think, man, there hasn't been many picks since we had this, uh, since we did the show yesterday. So it was Talon Horton Tucker to Indiana at 18. Rui Hachimura to San Antonio at 19. Of course. Tyler Hero at uh, number 20 to Boston. Of course. Uh, PJ Washington. <laughs> Why are you saying like, Tyler Hero to Boston? All right. P.J. Washington goes to Dallas in our Mockdown trade. So Oklahoma Mm. City and Dallas traded. Dallas goes up to 21. Very, very interesting. They select P.J. Washington. And it's funny. P.J. Washington and Grant Williams go back to back. So Phoenix, they trade up with Boston. And they get to 22. Phoenix grabs Grant Williams. Grant Williams, somebody... A uh, very smart player on both ends of the floor. That's what he gets praised for. Yes. But nobody that I'm interested in at 12 because he seems like oh, one no. of those guys. It's going to be a guy that you bring into a team that's already very good or really uh, or pretty you, solid. Again, you're not bringing him into a rebuilding team. No, you're, you're bringing not. him into a playoff team to come in and just crush the building. Like he he's going to be your Draymond. So if you said you picked him up at 27 and picked someone other than Bow Bow, I'd be happy. Um, 27 is coming up in just a few picks. Uh-oh. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. I'm going to give you some time to think about it a little bit, though. So we do have, I told you some of the names that were just mentioned that were drafted already. Okay, so who's left? So you've got Utah is at 23, Philadelphia okay. 24, Chicago, Orlando, then it's Charlotte picking at 27 again. Are okay. there any names just at the top of your head that are going to be late first round picks, even if they're selected? Let, let's just let's kind of get out of the locked on NBA world just for a second, just so it helps. At 27, you. yeah, who, Ty Jerome. You like Ty Jerome that early? Ty Jerome, Ty Jerome. You need again. But he's you, a backup point guard, and you already got Devonte Graham. I'm not feeling that. Uh, here's the thing. I like Ty Jerome. I think if he's anything Brogdon like, I think that's a steal. I like Cam Johnson. Don't get me wrong. I like Cam Johnson. And that's who I'd be looking at. I I do wonder about translation at the next level. I just wonder about defense more so than anything. He's he's not very strong. No. And I, I think that he's been crap. Like, when you watch him in transition, you know, and obviously we watched a lot of Carolina basketball, having to cover it a whole lot, just going on air and talking about it the next day. I, I think Cam Johnson can finish down low. He's just not very strong. And But, man, that that release to me is quick. And he's tall, and he's an extremely good shooter. 
Yes. I, I I think he I think he can be a fantastic shooter. I think he's quick enough to where I know there have been some video I, I know some people were looking at his defense and the lack of lateral quickness for him. Man, I'm That's a killer though. I don't I I usually do think that. I just remember like I just don't think that it's all that bad watching Cam Johnson. There they picked out some video that make him not look all that great, but also, you know, there's some other film that makes him look good staying in front of some guys. I, I know he's got some work to do on the defensive end. Nothing that I don't think he can improve on. He's a little bit older but at 27 you know who cares about age almost at that point and you make a good point though you make a good point but I guess with can't like I'm looking at guard spots because I think guard is the biggest hole that they have this year even with a Kevin so yeah I mean even even with well you get Kevin Porter at 12 even with Kevin Porter I think it's still a hole because Tony Parker we know is not coming back uh what do you think about Chuma Okiki if he is able to last to the 32nd pick that the Charlotte Hornets have or 36 I Okiki is 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 36 for me but man, I would love that if he lasts that long. If he lasts that long, but if it looks, if there's any way that it smells like, hey, look, Okiki's not going to make it to 29, then yo, just again in in the locked on mock draft, take him because I don't think you're going to get a better wing defender this year. All right, thanks for joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Not brought the fire today for Fire Friday. Remember to get this show every day. You can subscribe to Locked On Hornets on the new Himalaya podcast app. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to other podcast sites as well, Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. And when you get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Hornets. Hope you guys have a good weekend, and we'll be back with you on Monday. Hit that nice little button for me, sir. Will do.